Hey, what's up, Cub fans? Welcome to episode 72 of Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Ryan Davis of The Sporting News, The Athletic MLB, Bet Chicago, and CubsInsider.com. And the Cubs lost last night, unfortunately. They weren't able to string two together after losing those two. Uh, they lost to the Atlanta Braves by a score of 4-1. to one. And it was a particularly frustrating loss. Tyler Chatwood actually did keep the walks down. Must have uh, listened to the podcast yesterday. Uh, He only allowed two free passes. He went five and a third innings, gave up four hits, the two walks, two strikeouts, one earned run. Uh, Joe Madden pulled Chatwood at 79 pitches in the sixth inning, which I I thought was a bit weird, but it was um, not absurd, I guess. Um, It worked out for the most part. The Cubs bullpen was able to keep it tied in the sixth and in the seventh, uh, but then had some issues in the bottom of the eighth. The real problem in this game is that the Cubs offense also wasn't able to keep it tied at one. Uh, Despite several great scoring opportunities, they did absolutely nothing all game. I I think there was a situation where they had runner on second with nobody out once or twice. Uh, They had two on with one out, I think, in the eighth inning uh, with uh, some you know, key players coming up. I think it was actually uh, two on with nobody out and then three Oh pitch to Anthony Rizzo and he popped it up to third base rather than, you know, maybe taking a pitch or two. You know, I, I, I get the idea of Anthony Rizzo is struggling. So why is he swinging there? But that's not a way a ball player thinks about it. That was a comment that somebody gave me. I wanted to kind of expand on this. Um, when a player has been struggling in general, um, they're not thinking about, okay, so I'm struggling, so I probably should take this pitch. They're mostly thinking about uh, the at-bat in the moment. And that's to also ignore the fact that Rizzo has actually been quite hot recently. He you know, has started to come out of his struggle despite, uh, I think, what he went 0 for 4 last night. Uh, so you don't think about it in this broad, like, player goes up there and thinks, well, I'm batting 191 this year, so on the 3-0 pitch, maybe I should just take it rather than swinging at my pitch, you know, and trying to ambush a fastball. Now they're, they're thinking about, I want to ambush this fastball. Uh, I'm going to swing on three Oh and drive one to the outfield. Uh, if I get the pitch, I like, which I don't necessarily want to argue with. I want, I want the big sluggers to do that. If, if Chris Bryant had come up in the same situation, I would have been totally fine with him swinging three Oh. It's just that Rizzo missed. And that's very frustrating. And I think that was kind of, um, the way that you would describe the game. Uh, the, the frustration of that game was swinging on a 3-0 fastball with two on and nobody out and popping it up and then not scoring in that inning. That was that was kind of the definition of the game was the eighth inning. That in the top half and then in the bottom half, Carl Edwards Jr. once again, he walked two, he allowed three hits, three runs in a third of an inning. I think there were two batters that were walked in in that inning uh, with the bases loaded. It was they blew the game open for the Braves and then they easily closed it out in the ninth. So the finale of the series we played tonight, six thirty-five p.m. Central Time, with John Lester facing twenty-year-old Braves rookie Mike Soroka. Uh, this will be for all the marbles. If the Braves win the game, they'll take the season series four to two. If the Cubs win, it'll be a season split at three-three. Um, Soroka has made three starts this season. He's allowed 21 hits in 14 and two-thirds innings with a 3.68 ERA. But at the same time, we know that doesn't matter. Uh, that doesn't mean anything to the Cubs. Uh, even though he's been hit extremely hard, they could go out tonight and get no hit through like seven innings. It's 
it really matters more to what their offense can do than what the pitcher can do. Uh, we've seen, you know, really poor pitching shut the Cubs down. Not that this kid is is a poor pitcher, but we've seen bad pitching shut this offense down, and then we've seen them jump on good pitching. It really just doesn't matter who's on the mound, which is a bit maddening to look at when you're when you're looking at the matchups. You would think back in 2016, which we'll talk about the, the differences between 2016 and 2018 in the second segment. But if you look back to 2016, you could kind of like map out like, okay, here's who they're starting against tomorrow. That's a guy that this offense could pile on runs early. And then they did. Uh, if they were starting against a really tough starter, sometimes they would get those runs early and other times they would have to try and build up that pitch count and score runs late. This year it really is just, it feels kind of random. Uh, Brandon McCarthy had been having a pretty terrible year and he shut the Cubs down. I think six innings and one earned run allowed. You know, that that's that's not uh, that's not what you want from your offense. Lester has a 266 ERA for the Cubs in eight starts this year, but he also has a 455 fielding independent pitching. The game tonight will be broadcast on WGN and the MLB Network. So inconsistent offense and inconsistent bullpen. That has been uh, two of the biggest issues for the Cubs this year. I, I wrote down some stats that I looked up on the offense. So the Braves lead the National League in runs scored, and I'm going to use a couple comparisons to them uh, because they're the team that the Cubs are playing right now. And then I have a couple comparisons to the Cardinals uh, because the Cardinals are the Cubs' rival and also because they are way behind the Cubs in runs scored in the National League. So the Braves lead the NL in runs scored. Uh, they have scored three or less runs 14 times in 42 games. The Cubs are third in the NL in runs scored. In overall runs, they're not that far behind the Braves. They've scored three or less in 20 of 40 games. So half their games, they've scored three or less runs. The Cardinals are 10th in the NL in runs scored and have scored 38 runs less than the Cubs in the same exact number of games but they've only scored three or less 16 times in their 40. So four more times the Cubs have done that uh, despite scoring way more runs than the Cardinals. So that tells you the level of inconsistency that the Cubs have had. And then on the flip side of it, the Cardinals, who are ahead of the Cubs by a game in the division, much more consistent despite not scoring as many. Uh, in the eight games following games in which the Cubs scored 10 or more runs, they're three and five and averaging 3.75 runs per game. And that's really boosted by the last two times that they scored 10 or more. Uh, but they've, they've scored 19 runs in those two games. Uh, 19 of their 30 runs came in two of the eight games. So in the other six games, they scored 11 runs. In wins, the Cubs are averaging 7.7 .7 runs per game. In losses, just 2.2 runs per game. Uh, I'm... I didn't look up every team, but I'm pretty sure that is the biggest disparity between runs and wins and runs and losses for any team. Uh, the Braves are 6.7 to 3.1. The Cardinals are 5.6 to 2.4. The Diamondbacks 5.4 to 1.9. I, I think that is the the biggest disparity. I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous disparity. to It's a difference of 5.5 runs per game. Uh, so the Cubs are scoring a ton when they win. And when they lose, they can't put runs on the board. Overall, this Cubs team is very similar to the 2016 team in many ways. So offensively, 
the 2016 team had a 333 Woba, and the Cubs have a 328 Woba. That's weighted on base average. They had a team WRC plus of 105 in 2016, and it's 104 this year. Even defensively, uh, Park adjusted defensive efficiency ranks the Cubs as the best team in the National League this year. Now, you'll probably recall that Park adjusted defensive efficiency, which is a baseball prospectus stat. They had the Cubs at the uh, a, a ridiculous number in 2016. It had them as essentially the best defensive team in modern history, or at least as far back as uh, Park adjusted defensive efficiency has been kept. Uh, by Fangrass's defense metric, the Cubs are actually on pace to be a better defensive team in 2018 than they were in 2016. Now, you could argue and say, but they've thrown the ball around, they've made errors, blah, blah, blah. I'm just telling you what the, the advanced stats say. Uh, I know what we've seen with our eyes. Uh, we've also seen a lot of really great plays, like uh, Albert Almora Jr. in center field last night, and then several other plays he's made. Kyle Schwarber has improved. Um, you know that these guys are great defenders uh, even though Hayward's made some errors you know he's a great defender you know Baez is a great defender you know Russell's a great defender so um, this is what the advanced stats say is that the Cubs are having a tremendous season on defense and we know that talent wise that's where they should be but here's the main difference between 2016 and 2018 uh, this the K percentage the strikeout percentage is very similar um, but they also have the lowest walk percentage of any Cubs team the last four years. Uh, the batting average and the slugging percentage for this team are extremely similar between 2016 and 2018, but the on-base percentage is notably lower. So I feel like that's in part because of Chili Davis's mentality that he brings uh, as a hitting coach. He's very much a, a swing and get your pitch kind of coach. Um, I, I feel like the Cubs have been coached that way to a degree in the past, but then they've also been coached to uh, take those pitches out of the zone. And what I've seen so far this year is a lot of guys not being afraid to swing early and often, and, and maybe they're making better contact as a team, but the walks are down, which means the pitch counts aren't getting uh, racked up on the pitchers as early as it used to uh, some of these pitchers are making it into the sixth or seventh inning fairly comfortably whereas the Cubs used to knock pitchers out in the third and fourth inning by racking up those pitch counts getting runners on base um, driving in those runs when guys were on base that's not something that they're doing consistently this year on the other side of it there's the bullpen and it's been mostly good and Carl Edwards Jr. has been mostly very good for the Cubs this year the thing that's frustrating to me is it appears it had appeared that he had turned a corner this season and maybe he hasn't now those first like 16 games were incredibly good. And when I say turned a corner, I mean, his problem was never uh, stuff or um, giving up the occasional big hit. Uh, it was those stretches. Uh, he has stretches where he completely loses it. Uh, it happened in the middle of the season last year, and then it happened again against the Washington Nationals in the postseason. So here's the example. Over his first 16 appearances, Edwards had a 0.53 ERA in 17 innings with seven hits, eight walks, and 30 strikeouts. Over his last three appearances, Edwards has pitched two innings with seven hits, two walks, 
two strikeouts and seven earned runs. He's lost it over the last three appearances. Now he could go back out there tomorrow and pitch great in the eighth inning and be back on track. But the problem is you never know. You never know what you're going to get with this guy. You don't, it's never, um, you know, a tough outing that he finds his way through. It's either he comes out and dominates or he gives up a bunch of runs and that's your eighth inning guy. And I'm not being down on Carl Edwards Jr. here. I, I think he's a tremendous pitcher. And I think, you know, compared to a lot of other eighth inning guys in the league, this is a guy that you want to have because most of the time he's going to go out there and dominate and strike out a bunch of batters and get you through the eighth. But then he has these blowups that are really frustrating. Uh, there's no doubt to me that he'll figure it out and turn things around. But these stretches are just so frustrating uh, to make it worse it's much more noticeable when the Cubs aren't scoring runs. Imagine if they had scored uh, in the top of the eighth to take a three-run lead, uh, I'm sorry, take a 3-1 lead, and then here comes Carl to give up three runs in the bottom half. That would have been really upsetting. However, imagine if the Cubs had scored six runs in this game and he gave up the three runs in the bottom of the eighth and then Brandon Morrow came in with a 6-4 lead in the ninth. That would have been okay. You would have been a, you would have been okay with getting through that game, knowing that Edwards gave up those runs. But at the same time, would he have been pitching the eighth in a six to one uh, game? I don't know. Uh, the good news is that Joe Madden has a deep bullpen and could, in theory, go to the reliable Steve Ciszek in the seventh and Pedro Strope in the eighth. Uh, if the Cubs had a lead tonight with John Lester getting through six innings, we would hope. Uh, but that would make it four games in five days for Ciszek. Uh, who could probably use a day off or two before the Cubs have their doubleheader on Saturday. Justin Wilson has been pitching better lately. He's had only one walk uh, and no runs allowed over his last seven appearances in six and two-thirds innings. Uh, but I don't think it's to the point yet where you trust him enough to pitch in the seventh or eighth with a slim lead. So I don't know where you go. I don't know who you go to uh, if the Cubs are leading tonight. Do you send Edwards back out there in the eighth inning and just hope that these are little blips and not uh, part of a bigger problem? In the past, it's the trend says that it's part of a bigger problem where he has to get this figured out. Um, the good news for him is that he hasn't been walking as many batters as he did in that stretch last year. So maybe this is something that it's just a small blip and he comes out and pitches great if he comes into the game tonight. But it, it's something to watch. This Cubs bullpen has been very good so far this year. But it should be pointed out that they were very good early on in 2017, despite walking a lot of batters. And then the walks continued, and then the bullpen so <laughs> later on in the season was just not as good anymore. And then by the time the postseason rolled around, there was very few arms that you could actually trust in a game. So uh, that's the hope, is that this deep bullpen uh, continues to pitch well overall and that the starters start going deeper into games and not taxing the bullpen quite as much. Uh, but right now it is a bit of a concern that there has been some inconsistency popping up there and that Carl Edwards Jr. has had these continued struggles where he, he has these stretches where he can't get outs. All right, for our final segment, let's go around the NL Central. The Pirates beat the White Sox once again, this time by a score of three to two. The Cardinals held on to their lead over the Twins despite a late rally by Minnesota, winning 7-5. Former Cardinal Lance Lynn started for Minnesota and took the loss, and he now has a 7.47 ERA on the season. The Milwaukee Brewers also won 8-2 over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Travis Shaw, Christian Yelich, Domingo Santana, and Tyler Saladino all homeward for the Brewers. 
And the Cincinnati Reds also won, beating the San Francisco Giants 6-3. to They're off today, so they'll head home to Cincinnati and wait for the Cubs to arrive, having gone 7-2 and in their last nine games. Here are the updated standings. The Pirates and Brewers both won, of course, so they remain tied in first place. Pittsburgh is 25-17, and and Milwaukee is 26-18. and The Cardinals follow at one game back, 23-17. and The Cubs are now two games back at 22-18. and and the Reds remain 11 back at 15 and 29, but they're now 12 and 14 under former Cubs manager Jim Riggleman. That's it for today, guys. I know it's uh, another kind of short podcast, uh, not a whole lot to talk about. I, I wanted to touch on that uh, offensive inconsistency and get you those stats that I thought are, are somewhat meaningful. Uh, I find it interesting that they offensively compare really well with the 2016 team, and yet they're so inconsistent. Uh, somebody on Twitter tweeted at me that, you know, they're consistently inconsistent. And I think that's the best way to describe the first quarter of the season for the Cubs offensively is uh, consistently inconsistent. They, um, it's almost been predictable, I guess. It, it has almost been predictable when they would go through these runs where they would score a ton and then you know, as soon as they get through that stretch of, okay, so they've averaged like 10 runs over the last five days. Okay, so now here comes a stretch where uh, over the next five days, they're going to average like two and a half or three runs per game. It, it's almost been pretty predictable. And uh, it, it's just unfortunate. They, what, five games won, five games lost, five games won, and now they've lost three of their last four. If they lose today, it'll be uh, four of, of five losses. So, um, that's not what you want. That's that's how you end up being basically a 500 team is uh, that you can't score runs uh, outside of these stretches, and then you just go on these little winning streaks and little losing streaks, and you don't you don't string together a stretch where you go uh, like 18 out of 25 or or uh, 20 out of 30. That that's really what the Cubs need uh, is to have a, a prolonged stretch where they score enough runs and their pitching is good and everybody's healthy much like they've been pretty much for the most of the season everybody's been healthy uh, they really just need to string it all together and have one of those stretches and, and that's when you'll see them take over first place but um, they're not going to muddle their way through this season and and sit in first place like uh, like what's going on in the AL Central that's not what's going to happen for the Cubs the, this division's too good uh, it seems like the Pirates are for real they're not going anywhere I don't know if they're necessarily going to win the division, but although they're going to compete. Everybody's going to compete except for, except for the Cincinnati Reds, of course. Uh, so the Cubs aren't going to uh, drag their way to a division victory this year. They're going to have to. Uh, they're going to have to have one of those stretches like they had in 2016, where they win a ton of games in like 30 days. They're, that's going to have to happen. So uh, is it going to happen? I'm not sure, but we'll wait and see. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.